0: Would you stand, if you're able, and join me in the call to worship? Let all the earth rejoice. God guards the lives of the faithful and rescues them from evil. So rejoice in the Lord. Thanks in God's name.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Southside Baptist Church this morning. As we gather to worship the one true and living God, we welcome all of those who are members and guests, and uh, want to uh, make sure that those who are who are our guests are extended a warm Southside welcome this morning. Southside Baptist Church is in the heart of Five Point South. Uh, here in the part of this part of the city, we are building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then the world and so we we do that by welcoming all who worship here opening our arms wide to receive with the same love that god has received us into his uh, into his kingdom so today as we we worship together we hope that your spirit is uplifted but also that you sense and feel the warmth of our uh, fellowship and relationships that we share here today is a special day and and uh, it is a first sunday we have communion but also we'll have a deacon ordination today where we get to hear a bit of the story of uh, uh, Tom Camp, uh, Tom Camp, Tom Summers. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom, uh, Tommy. <laughs> and uh, but we're we're glad to be able to be here and and to hear that today. Um, later on, we'll give directions about that because everyone in the congregation is invited and encouraged to come and as we do the laying on of hands to participate in that and to offer words of affirmation and prayer. Uh, to him. If you would take a moment and look at each end of the pew, you'll see a blue uh, tablet there. If you would take that and write down your name and any other information you'd like to share with us, we would like to have it. You can tear that off and put it in the offering plate as it's received later. But we also want to welcome you by passing the peace. And so we do that by um, looking around you and spending a few moments greeting those in the name of Jesus. Let's do that now, please. Today, as you make your way back to your seat, we want to um, take a moment and offer a prayer, asking the Lord's presence to be with us in a mighty way. Would you bow with me now, please? Oh, Lord, in these moments we gather here each week, we pray, Lord, that. We might center our minds wholly and totally on you. We might be able to offer prayers and songs and words of praise to you, of thanksgiving. For Lord, all we do here, we desire to bring honor and glory unto you. In your name I pray, amen. The first lesson from scripture is found in the Psalter, Psalm 97. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and dark thickness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the peoples see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him, all your gods. Zion hears and rejoices and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You're exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil For he guards the lives of the faithful ones and delivers them from the hands of the wicked. Light is shed upon the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. Here ends our first lesson of scripture.
2: This final Sunday of Eastertide, we have our final homily and readings from the book of Revelation, and I want to read selected verses from the end of chapter 21 and 22. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's works. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The spirit and the bride say come, And let everyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who wishes to take the water of life as a gift. The one who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. And the grace of the Lord Jesus will be with all of the saints. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you.
1: Be seated. We've got two more coming down, so we'll go ahead and, and start, though, and talk, but uh, Miss Rosetta is bringing someone that uh, is visiting with her, this is Aiden, and we're glad that he's with us today. Um, today's a special day at Southside because we're doing, we're doing something, um, two things, two particular things are very special here. We're having communion, special in every church, but especially here when we have these, these services, we have communion, and we know what that is. We take the uh, the bread, which is representative of the body of Christ, and also the cup, which is representative of the blood of Jesus that was poured out when he sacrificed. But then also, we're having an ordination today, an ordination of deacons. Now, have y'all been here when we did that before? Do you remember? you remember if you've been here? You don't remember well when we do that i know that you probably have but when we do that whoever is being ordained in this case mr tom summers is is going to be doing coming today and he will be um, telling a little bit about himself but also all the church here has watched tom and seen the things he does how he helps and is concerned about the the church and the church's mission here so all the churches called him out to serve in a more official way as a deacon, to be a spiritual leader and help in the, in the taking care of all of our members. And so when, when Tom comes today and tells us about himself, he's going to share things about his faith journey. But also we have a chance to participate, all of us, because as, as he comes and tells that and, and we have him kneel here at the kneeler then we will go by and offer prayers or words of affirmation to him, words that of maybe a prayer about how we hope God will watch over him and how we will pledge our support. It's important because, uh, Martin, it's important because we talk about worship. Worship is not something that's a spectator sport, and that's for you and everyone out there too. It's something we all participate in. The choir leads us, Ms. Hazlett pray, plays the organ, Therese leading us today and directing the music. And all of us join in, in singing and offering songs of, of praise of worship. And hopefully you do as well because we're all involved in this and we're all, it's all a part of what we're doing together. And when we come and lay our hands on Tom to put our hands on him and to pray for him, it's a sign that we are also participating in that. So I hope that you'll think about it as we do that. And then also to know that even though he is being called out, everyone else has a job too. We all have to be good followers of Christ, to be good members of the church, to do what your Sunday school, Sunday school teacher told you today, which was what, Melissa? What, what did Miss Bonnie teach you today? about what to do. Okay. Well, it'll come to you in a minute. It'll come to you in a minute. <laughs> My class probably doesn't remember what I taught either, or led them. I don't teach them anything. They teach me. Uh, but we have good discussions. So as we as we think about that and pray for Tom, we want to offer a prayer today, giving thanks for that God calls us all to do various things, and that He has also led the church to say to Tom, We believe that you are one that we need to call out and be be place a special hand upon and to be one of those who ministers here at Southside as one of our deacons. So let's offer prayers. We give thanks for God's presence with us, but also for his guidance, okay? Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We pray that through the various different activities, the ordinances of the church, that we come to learn and understand and to participate And that we all bring our lives and place them before you, hoping that you will receive what we bring as our offering of worship. In your name I pray.
2: Thank you, Dr. Banks. I mean, sorry, Dr. Kelly. Sorry. (laughs) Will you pray with me this morning? God of grace, you have promised to hear the silent thoughts of our hearts. And we bring them now as we think of what has been in our lives in this past week. Where there has been joy, we hope that you will have rejoiced with us. Where there has been sorrow, we hope that you will tenderly share our sadness. Where there has been regret for what we have done or failed to do, we lay this before you in a moment of silence, seeking your mercy and forgiveness. We thank you for the transformation and release when times seem hard. And we pray this morning for all those engaged in the ministry of reconciliation and healing. Uphold them by your grace as you walk alongside them and fill them with both peace and determination as they work for change within other people's lives. We especially think of parts of the world and even our own communities where reconciliation is needed, but is often blocked by the bitterness of past pain and anger. Be the key that unlocks the gates that separate us in our hearts and help us to be the brokers of your way of love in regard to others. We remember once again this morning, the victims of violence, especially those who have been murdered this week in Virginia Beach, Lord have mercy. God of transformation, God of hope, we pray that your love may flood the world and shine your revealing light on injustice and exploitation. We especially pray for all who are abused in the pursuit Uh, of profit where relationships are disempowering and unequal we hope for roots to restoration and we look for mutual flourishing as a sign of your coming kingdom god who is our alpha and omega our beginning and our ending we pray for your great blessing of life we celebrate it and think of children recently born into our community of faith We celebrate the lives already among us and thank you for the gift of sharing between generations. May we all teach each other in our quest to know your love and to love you more and to love one another. God of hope, we pray today for our community here at Southside as we ordain our friend Tom Summers to the diaconal ministry of serving this family of faith. We pray that he may know your presence at this time, a fresh anointing of your spirit and that together as a church we may be a people of service and of hope within the midst of all our communities surrounding us. God of grace, hear our prayers, offered in the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Baden-Powell was the founder of the Boy Scouts movement, and I know that many of you, even within Southside, perhaps were part of the Scouts troop that was here within this church. When he died in Kenya, his tombstone was very simple. I looked at it again this morning on the internet. Gave his name, date of birth, his death, and little else apart from three symbols. One of the symbols at the foot of the tombstone was a tracking sign. One of the many that he had used to teach boys to find their way back through the countryside by means of signs left behind them to follow. The final sign was the one on his tombstone that was a circle with a dot in the middle. It simply said, gone home. The hope of heaven as the final home of the people of God is one of the controlling features of the life of faith. We live in a world of suffering, of sin and evil, And we pray, as we do every Sunday, Your kingdom come. We're looking for something better. The end of the book of Revelation has a prayer, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. And in Revelation 21 and 22, we arrive at the final vision of John. I've described my title of my homily this morning, Finally the End. Because it's the last book of the Bible, because it's the last chapter of the Bible, because also we see here the ultimate goal and hope of the world in which we live in. And here we can soak ourselves in the thrilling positives, as well as the glorious negatives of what the future will hold, to to contemplate what lies ahead of us, to see what God's purposes have always been in creation and redemption. The pictures which John draws for us at the end of this book are remarkable. He's speaking basically of the grace of God, welcoming all people into his eternal kingdom. The end of Revelation 21 is quite remarkable. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Now, if you were to read the book of Revelation carefully, which I'm sure all of us have not necessarily done, in chapter 19, the final vision we have of the kings of the earth is that they are assembled against the Lord. It's a picture of a battle, of a conflict between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. But here, in the ultimate vision of what God is wanting to accomplish, by being the creator and the redeemer of the world is that these kings and these nations are entering into God's city. They've not been excluded. They're being embraced. It's also a picture of safety. The enemies of the past are within the city. There's going to be no more need of security systems in the city. No bars in the window, no locked doors, no alarms, no pistols in the nightstand. There's not even going to be a night because the night, which speaks of often of darkness in scripture, is going to be eliminated. God's own light will shine. The brightness of his presence will give us a sense of safety. So this vision is a vision of welcome and a vision of safety. It's an amazing vision. New Jerusalem is a welcoming city, not a gated community. Speak surely to our time and our generation when Our nations and neighborhoods seek to secure themselves from all outsiders. We're frightened of outsiders. We don't want them. The church can claim Revelation's vision of openness, multicultural welcome as being part of the work of God's grace. And then in chapter 22, we move from the picture of an eternal kingdom being a city that is welcoming to being that of a river, the water of life brightest crystal we read, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is a tree of life. It's 12 kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are, from the, are for the healing of the nations. In John's vision, once again, there's only one thing that matters. The grace of God that irrigates, <laughs> the grace of God that refreshes, The grace of God that offers new life and new hope and new possibilities for the world in which we live in. The tree of life, which was lost, according to the story of Genesis 3, because of Adam and Eve's failure to keep the the commandment God gave, the fruit of the ever-bearing tree of life is now going to satisfy, is now going to bring refreshment to those who eat from it. And that tree, John says, is for the healing of the nations. This theme of the nations experiencing the grace of God is important in the Bible. When God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 to follow him, he said specifically, through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth. Not just some, but all of them. We need this vision of the new Jerusalem to give us an insight into God's purposes. God longs to see within our day and generation healing, Coming, Not just healing of individuals, but healing of nations. Healing of reconciliation between the nations of the world. And these glimpses of God's purposes can give us an idea of what we should be praying for and we should be working for within our own lives, in our cities, where there is often a need of reconciliation. Where in our cities we can be that river of life, that is flowing through. We think about the rivers that flow through cities. We think about the Cahaba, we think about the Tennessee River. These rivers that flow through towns and villages and cities. The church is seen as being the river of life. The conduit of the grace of God, which reaches out into other people's lives. Now rivers, when they break their banks, can be destructive as we've seen in various parts of our country in the last week or so. But rivers can also be that which are refreshing and bring life and renewal to the surrounding countryside. It speaks to me, anyway, of the fact that we're here in church to worship God, but never here for ourselves. We're always here so that when we leave, we become the vehicles of the grace of God to other people that we meet during the days of this week. But the final vision of hope that John gives to us is a remarkable one. He says in chapter 22, verse 4, they will see the face of God. Now, you've got to know what is said earlier on in the Bible about that. In Exodus 33, verse 20, we're told that no one can see the face of God and live. That was what Moses was told. But here, they see the face of God. They are given a glimpse of who God is. They enter into a fellowship and a friendship with God in eternity that they have never been able to accomplish and enjoy here on this earth. Then our suffering and our sin will have gone. Then we will be brought into the the presence of God and be with him for all eternity. Now, what does that mean to us today? Well, Paul Meunier says if we delete the thought of heaven from the human dictionary, We will soon be reduced to a one-dimensional environment, living without any invisible means of support. We like visible means of support, don't we? But the hope that we have as Christians is an invisible means of support. It gives to us courage. It gives to us strength. But it gives to us an idea that there is something better that God longs for within our world. Your kingdom come, we prayed. And then immediately we say, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we long for. We long to see that the people of God are a welcoming people, an inclusive people. Uh, The picture of the people of God here in this last chapter of Revelation is not to be taken literally. It's to be taken symbolically. Uh, The vastness of the city, some 12,000 furlongs. That's 1,500 miles cubed. That's the vast nature of God's new Jerusalem. But that's only a picture. That's not to be taken literally. It's to be taken as an idea of a vast community of faith, an immense measurement, the infinite multiple of 12. Because God's grace includes, it doesn't exclude. And there we will know the presence of God forever and ever. David said, in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That experience or that that hope that we have should be something that we taste something of here and now. Saint Teresa of Avila used to say, the pay begins in this life. Thomas Brooks, a 17th century Puritan in England, talked about it as heaven on earth. Tasting something of the goodness and the love and the joy of God in the midst of all that we experience here in this world. We enjoy it now to some extent, but we know the limitations of that and we look forward to it in the future. And that hope of what the eternal kingdom will be like, inclusion, welcome, no exclusion, safety, no fear, The presence of God filling our hearts with joy gives us a desire to live differently here and now. In 19th century England, there was a member of the House of Lords called Lord Shaftesbury. He was a great social reformer. He worked in a whole variety of different areas, bringing healing in society in the 19th century of England. He had at the top of his top of his notepaper the words, even so come, Lord Jesus. Words from Revelation chapter 22. And he wrote in his biography, I don't think that in the last 40 years I have lived one conscious hour that was not influenced by the thought of our Lord's return." That return of Christ for which we pray according to Revelation Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, gives us hope, but it also gives us an impetus to live differently, to work for the coming of the kingdom of God now as well as in the future. And so we pray, Lord, bring in your kingdom. Lord, may we be a sign of that kingdom. A sign that is welcoming, a sign that is transforming, a sign of the inclusive grace of God. Will you pray with me? God of grace, thank you for your love that gives us hope in the midst of the present reality of this world. May we never lose that hope. And in never losing that hope, may we live for you and for your kingdom. Hear us as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can
1: i going to ask Tom to come up, if he would, and share with us just a little about his journey. And then after that, we will um, have you come forward and lay off hands.
3: Good morning. Well, I'm Tom Summers, and um, before sharing some of my story, I wanted to say that I'm really humbled and thankful for the opportunity to serve as a deacon of this wonderful church. We all know that this church provides a great service to our community, and this church family does the same thing, and I'm really honored to be uh, part of uh, this whole process. One thing this church does that I've gotten a lot out of is inspiring me and guiding me and nurturing my own spiritual journey. So I'll talk a little bit about that um, as, I, as I go along here. Now for some background where I came from I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and raised in Aberdeen, Mississippi, which is a small town in the northeastern part of the state, on the Tom Bigby River, about halfway between Tupelo and Columbus. And by the way, uh, when Tim sort of messed up my name a little while ago, (laughs) I responded by saying, my name is Tommy. And as I was doing, preparing for this last night, I was looking back at my history and I was Tommy Summers all the way through college and then when I graduate from college and go to work for these northern companies and working with northern companies and all of that, they truncated my name. (laughs) They didn't want to call me Tommy, they called me Tom. So I finally threw in the towel and became Tom, uh, I guess at the age of about 26. So I've been Tom ever since, I've just retired in the last few months, so now I'm going to go back to Tommy I think. (laughs) And when I go to Aberdeen, it's always Tommy. So anyway, you can call me Tom or you can call me Tommy, or whatever you choose, Tim. (laughs) Um, I grew up as a member of the First Baptist Church, which was a big part of my childhood. And the church was about a block from our house. However, the the Methodist church was right across the street from our house. And I ended up spending more time at the Methodist church than I did at at the Baptist church. And as I mentioned to Tim the other day, I had more Methodist friends than I did Baptist friends. But there's a deeper plot to this story. My grandfather was a big part of that Methodist church. His name is inscribed on the cornerstone of that church. Well, he, when he married my grandmother, she was a lifelong Baptist. <laughs> and that didn't change after they got married. And the story goes that they'd go out the door on Sunday morning, and my granddaddy and my grandmama would walk across the street. She would drop him off the Methodist church, and she would walk on the other block to the Baptist church. So that's sort of uh, how I grew up in in a small town. Uh, My grandfather, again, was a big uh, Methodist and a big leader of that church. So my mother and her two sisters, my two aunts, uh, grew up as Baptists as did the rest of us, myself and my two brothers. Uh, we grew up as Baptists. So I guess you might say my, my grandfather Paw lost that battle. I went to Mississippi State and graduated in 1970. Uh, left State and went to work uh, in North Carolina for AT&T. I was there for five years and wanted to pursue a career in technical sales and moved to Atlanta. In '75, and then my company transferred me from Atlanta to Birmingham in '70, or excuse me, in '88. So I've been here in Birmingham since '88, and this has really become my home. And when I moved here, uh, I met and fell in love with my beautiful future wife, and uh, she was raised Episcopalian. All of this is about my spiritual journey, by the way. <laughs> I may be digressing a little bit. Well, she was raised Episcopalian and was a member of the Advent, so we got married in 93 at the Advent. And I was sort of floating at the time, and I tried my darndest to become an Episcopalian. I mean, I really, really tried, but I guess it was my small-town Baptist background with my grandmother in, in, in the background, and it just didn't work. I really tried, but it didn't work. So. We, uh, Mary Ann kept going to the Episcopal Church and I have sort of dropped out. So, um, we've lived uh, here in the Southside area since uh, 2000. We live just up the street in Redmont Park, uh, close to English Village. So, this is sort of our neighborhood. In 2009, after an extended period of not having church affiliation, I decided even though I couldn't make the Episcopal uh, experiment work, I-, I needed to find a church home that was a little bit more spiritually aligned with my, with my background, with my DNA, I guess. And I looked around. I shopped around with a lot of churches and uh, found myself coming back to services here at Southside one day uh, late uh, in 09. Was in the sanctuary and the service was over, and I walked out the back door there, and and Steve Jones literally tackled me as I was leaving. So from that point on, I decided this was going to be my church. So I've been a member here since uh, since 09 and Southside has really been instrumental in helping me grow spiritually. What attracted me to Southside? Well, the list is long. As we all know, this church offers a real sense of inclusive community which attracted both Mary Ann and me, uh, and fellowship. Uh, Also, I love these services and the music in this beautiful sanctuary. Sunday school at the Kelly class. Thank you very much, Tim. I've always gotten a lot out of that. Men's Bible study on Thursdays, led by my new friend, Charlie Waldrop. Charlie's not here. However, Charlie gets a lot of help from Joe Fuller over here. He adds a lot to the class, I learn a lot. Tim does too, add a lot to the class. So you don't have anything to do Thursday at noon, join us if you're a man. Well, I guess we've had, we've had ladies join us too. Uh, join us for the uh, Thursday uh, men's Bible study and it's mean, meant a lot to me. But what's meant even more to me is our service on Thursday evening, the communion contemplative service uh, held in the chapel and uh, that's led by some of my old friends, not new friends. Charlie's a relatively new friend, but it's led by some of my old friends. Pastor Tim does a great job, Nancy Cook. Nancy, thank you for all you do for Thursday night. It's a big part of who I am now. And uh, Paul does a great job leading us. So We have three leaders of our Thursday evening communion contemplative service, and I invite you to come and join us Uh, you've heard the saying when two or more gather to pray uh, I'm there Jesus is there Christ is there well that's I I see that play out every every night for me so it's it's a big part of my spiritual journey and I see this deaconship as my next step in this journey and I'm looking forward to it I understand a primary role of a deacon uh, here at Southside is to be a servant to this congregation, and I'll need your help to fulfill that role, and during this process of me being uh, uh, a deacon, I will uh, reach out to a number of you and hopefully get to know you better. Um, One of my favorite songs that we occasionally sing here at Southside is the Servant Song. And every time I see it on the program, I, I get a little excited, but it, it is one of my favorites. And I think the lyrics provide a, a good role description for a Southside deacon, and for that matter, Christians in general. I won't torture you by trying to sing the Servant Song. <laughs> torture you and torture me. But um, I'll, uh, I'll close by reading uh, the first two verses of the Servant Song. And as I read, let's all ask ourselves, how do we measure up to those standards set in the Servant Song? Brother, let me be your servant. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on a journey We are brothers on the road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. May God bless each and every one of us and this church. Amen. Thank you.
1: I'm going to ask Tom to walk down here with me, and he'll kneel here, and then as um, we'll start, and you'll... Follow by if you choose to do so and offer a prayer to him and uh, Dr. Roxburgh and I will will go through and then you follow in in line with us and uh, we'll offer these to you now as we and we do thank you for your for your willingness to serve and also for your your testimony today We welcome you as a deacon into Southside Baptist Church, and, of course, you've already been doing much of the deacon work. We do pray that um, God's spirit would be upon you and that you would uh, be able to follow and and do those things that you've already been doing in the past, but also that uh, there might be greater meaning to that and the deepened fellowship and friendship we have among you and others here, both deacons and members alike. May God bless you in that.
2: our service with a service of communion. Here at Southside, the Lord's Table is open to all who would like to come if you're a visitor and never participated in this service with us. We will share bread and wine, and we dip the waiver in the cup, and people come down the aisle and receive and then return to their, their pew. Before I invite you to come, we'll invite the choir to come and be served by Dr. Kelly and myself. Come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Come, because you love the Lord a little and want to love him more. Come and feast on Christ, who gave his life for your salvation. invite you to stand and sing our final song of praise together, number 456, I Come With Joy.
0: Let's bow for prayer. Thank you, God, for all of our blessings. And thank you for this beautiful day and for this group who have come to worship thee. And we pray for the sick and the injured. Bless them, give them peace and comfort and healing. And we pray that we will, as Christians, give not only our money, but our time and our talents for thy glory.
1: Lord, we present these tithes and offerings. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless them, multiply them, but may they always be used to further your kingdom's work in this community and beyond. Amen. Just a couple of announcements to make before we, we leave, and I know that uh, we have uh, all participated in this service today. It's been wonderful to be a part of, of this and to be able to share together in this way. We want to welcome all those who are guests today, those who have uh, come maybe for, uh, for the particular um, ordination today, but also others. I want to thank Tom and of course Marianne is here with him now. You, if you weren't able to speak to them earlier, please do so afterwards and, uh, as they're here. Uh, I also wanted to make note of one other thing too. Uh, Kelly Vostin is back there and uh, Kelly, I'm going to single you out here. Kelly is going to be leaving this week to go out to Tahoe City, Nevada. And she'll be there for two months, two months, where she'll be working as an intern, uh, teaching um, dance and and, uh, children's backyard Bible clubs, things like that. Uh, Well, various different things, whatever they assign you, I'm sure. uh, There as a part of uh, her trip this summer, and she'll have 10, I think there are 10, total of 10 girls, young ladies, I should say, that will be there working uh, together. So we will be praying for you as you go. And uh, we would think of you and, and uh, offer prayers for you continually. We're, we're proud of you, too, for being able to go and represent us, too. As we prepare to go out, Dr. Rochford will come. Those who have particular responsibilities listed in our um, weeks of activities, please take note of that today as well.
2: The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.